are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel. I'm joined tonight by my co-host and good friend, Mr. Nick View. And we've got a very special guest, a return guest uh, to the podcast. But before I introduce him, I do want to take just a minute. We drew, we drew our winner for the Scott Spray uh, Fly Rod and Custom License Plate Package on last week's podcast. And if you listen to that, you know I did draw a second name just as a, a backup in case the, uh, the, the first person drawn, the winner, did not come forward. Uh, and that person did come forward and claimed their prize, uh, I guess, Tuesday or so of, of this week. Uh, they already are in touch with, with Scott Spray, and Scott's working to get that prize package to them. But we also drew that second name just in case um, the first winner did not come forward. And Scott contacted me this morning and said he did not want that person going uh, home empty-handed. So he has actually thrown in a second custom license plate. So uh, Lynn, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name, but it's O-L-I-J-N-Y-K. If that is your uh, name on iTunes that you leave reviews under, please contact me at bowhunterga at gmail.com, and I'll get you in touch with Scott uh, to work out the details for your custom license plate. And I do want to take a minute to really thank Scott. He's been a great supporter of the show. He's been a great guest on the show uh, and just continues to do some fast, fantastic things for us. And, Scott, we really, really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. And with that out of the way, joining us tonight, our good friend, Mr. Jason Samkowiak. How are you, Jason? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, just got back from a, a hog hunt a couple of weeks ago and had a bit of a, a time to unwind from that. Was completely unplugged for a week, so came back a, a good bit refreshed, and it lasted about a day before work just buried me again, but hey... It's it's still good to get away. How about you, Nick? It's been a uh, pretty busy start of the year. It was a real busy March, um, but we're just now starting to, to dig out and get out of the mud a little bit in uh, southern Michigan anyway, and um, people are starting to get outside and do things. Um, we uh, I actually scouted uh, turkeys and deer last weekend with uh, John Buchin, a uh, good friend of the show, and uh, we, saw, we saw a lot of deer, a lot of turkeys, and we had a great time, even though it was windy and blistering cold. It was just crazy. I can't believe we made it out there that long. But, um, well, we're starting to see the sun, though, and I'm getting excited. Might try a little fishing Saturday. Very nice. Yep. yep. Yeah, and then now the um, the the hunt you just did, that's the one down there at uh, um, Hambush, right? Is that where you were at? Well, it's uh, so it's the, the place that was uh, formerly Wild Things. Um, but, yeah, the, the hunt has been labeled as Camp Hambush by uh, Doug Gilmore and and uh, Rick Butler. They're kind of the the founders of the feast, so to speak. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an annual hunt. Yeah, I saw that on your uh, podcast. You got that. I'm I'm a couple behind. I got to listen to your uh, Karen Campbell one, and I still got to listen to your Camp Hambush one. Um, you know, and then actually, I see you also got the you, you just recently published your year in review. So I'm actually three behind on you. So I got some catching up to do. <laughs> well, the 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 year in review was was pretty good. The 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 one that we recorded while we were in camp was was really special, and uh, it's actually led us to the conversation. We're going to try to get uh, Doug Gilmore to come on here solo and just spend an hour telling some of his 
you know, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're tall tales or tales or not. I, I'm, I think some of them might be embellished a little bit, but <laughs> he can, he can keep you laughing around a campfire for a long time. So I think we're going to, we're going to try to have him back on, but you know, it was, uh, that was the high point of the week. The hogs were not wanting to cooperate very well. It's, uh, we've had so much rain that a good, a good portion of the property was just flooded. Um, and, and, you know, we just, we just, couldn't even get into some of the really good areas until like the last couple of days of the week so uh, it was kind of quiet but when you're around a crew like that you just you can't have a bad time yep yep and i heard you and you, we were talking about it before you were telling me you know everybody had a great time you know everybody got a couple shot a couple of people got a few shots in and you know i mean it was a good hunt you guys started out slow but you know the pigs didn't you know with the terrain and the, the flooding and all that it was a little little slow going but it picked up for you pretty good at the end of the week it did and you know it was it was really kind of kind of unique because there was a um and I'm, i i don't have their permission so i'm not going to mention names specifically but there was a uh, a woman and, and her daughter in camp, um, neither one of them have, have ever killed anything with a longbow. And in fact, I think it was the first hunt uh, that they've actually been on. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. You, I know, Jason, you shoot the wide Magnus. You shoot the 135 grain, right? Yeah, the one and a half inch wide Magnus ones, I think they call them. Yeah, and I, I do the same thing. I shoot the, the same the same head, but the 160 grain version. So it's that one and a half inch wide head. And then, you know, this, this past fall, because of some situations I had with hogs on this very property last year, I actually started shooting the, the Simmons tree sharks again, the, you know, the big two and an eighth inch wide. And had great, great success with them and was really looking forward to, to putting one in a hog until I missed twice, um, which uh, I have since. The more, you know, you always, you, you, you analyze and beat yourself to death when you, when you miss or make a, a stupid shot. And I think, looking back, I honestly believe I probably broke the, you know, the, the, one, the one rule that you have when hunting from an elevated position is to bend at the waist. I think that's where I messed up. I was... Uh, the first shot that I took at an animal from the tree saddle, and I think I was just concentrating so much on the the saddle and everything else. I think I probably just shot by lowering my arm because I shot low on on both pigs. But uh, anyway, get- it happens. It happens a lot too. I see people don't realize it. You know, speaking of that, but I'll actually watch people. You know, if I'm there hunting with them and things like that. But um, they're so afraid of getting busted. So when you practice from a tree stand, you're practicing all the time bending like you're supposed to. But when there's a live animal there, I think people are afraid to lean away from that tree for fear of getting busted. So they, they, they hug it tight, and that's how you're not bending at the waist, and you end up just shooting with an arm. And the next thing you know, you end up drawing two inches longer than you normally do, you know? Yeah, and you know, I so that's indefinitely with hogs. I, that I never even thought about you know, them, them busting me. It, it, I honestly think I was just too focused on the wrong things. And I, I just, I don't think it came into my mind. It, it, it wasn't the movement though. Cause I didn't have to move. I mean, um, I just, and I was hunting fairly low, but still, you, you know, you got to bend it to waste if you're going to shoot down. And I didn't, uh, but yep. anyway, getting back to the, the, the other story that I thought was really special was, um, so the, uh, the the mother of the mother daughter team uh, went out Thursday, and as we were going through picking everybody up, uh, came up on that stand and turned the 
the ATV off and, and she said, you know, she had, she had shot one. And of course everybody bails out. And I walk over and just right away, just saw blood in my, in my headlamp and started trailing it. And I swear to you, that pig did not go, it didn't go 15 yards. And what was really funny about this was, so these two individuals uh, are related by marriage, I think. I'll get this messed up, but related by marriage to Jared, Jared Babinsack, who owns Bone Broadheads, and they were shooting Bone Broadheads. And Tom had come to me, I guess, Sunday afternoon with these four, four or five arrows with Broadheads and said, uh, you're familiar with sharpening these these curved bone broadheads. You mind sharpening these? And I said, no, not at all. But when I looked at them, it was the 125 grain, and these things just looked tiny. I mean, they they look like they weren't as big as my thumb because they're <laughs> they're like an inch wide, but they're only an inch long and shaped almost like a um, I guess like a heart. They've got a uh, instead of being concave like a, a Simmons head, they're convex, so they curve out. Anyway, these things are tiny. So I sat there and I fouled them and then I honed them and then I took them to a strop and they were just wicked, wicked sharp. And I told both of them, I warned them, I said, y'all, please be careful with this thing, these things because if you touch yourself with them, you're, you're going to cut yourself. They're, they're just that sharp. But that thing went, I mean, a little, I think they were, she was shooting a 40, 43 at 28, something like that, and probably pulling it. 25 inches so you know maybe 38 39 pounds and it blew right through that pig and again went 15 yards um and that was thursday night so then friday same thing repeats itself that was the last stand on the way out and when we cut the atv off she said she had shot two um the first one was a clean miss i found the arrow laying on the ground the second one um picked up blood, followed it maybe 20 yards, and it just petered out, stopped. And it right as it hit this really, really heavy uh, hog trail, and I went down the trail probably 50 yards. I couldn't find any more blood. So we called it, and uh, Charlie went back over the next morning, and when he pulled up, the hog was laying. It had actually made a hard right uh, and just wasn't much blood there. But it, that even that pig didn't go maybe 30 35 yards total uh so so much for you know big wide broadheads i mean i'm still going to shoot them because i i like them and then i i take the i take the stance you only get to put an arrow through an animal once um so i want it to do as much damage as possible but it was pretty eye-opening to see that little bitty head put those and these were pretty decent sized pigs one of them was probably 100 pounds the other one's probably 130 140 pound pigs and they went down quick so yep a good sharp broadhead in the right place is going to do the job but i'm i'm definitely with you um i i you know me personally i shoot the biggest biggest widest broadhead there is and, and i don't see myself going any other direction but there's a lot of people that like that you know that skinnier head a lot a lot of them like the single bevel the three to ones the, that bone head is like i said very popular gaining a lot of popularity and uh um it's an awesome design and, and they're putting animals on the ground like crazy there's definitely something to be said for it yeah i mean i've, I've got i've got uh, three, I think it's three. I might have six. I can't remember. I bought I bought some after we had Jared on the show uh, back last year, and they're they're amazing heads. I just like I said, I really love my really wide heads. <laughs> That's the only yep. reason I haven't done more with them. So, 
Well, we were in Georgia when you were down with me in Georgia down there. I saw one of those. Had you showed me one of those simmon uh, tree sharks, and that thing was huge. It's like it's like throwing a meat cleaver at them. I was pretty impressed with those. I might have to get myself a couple of those to try out. You know, it's so. And if you do, uh, be sure to be sure to hit me up. I I I I think I've actually come up with a or perfected, I guess, uh, a really good way to sharpen those things, and doesn't take a. Uh, a whole lot of time, just a, a you know little round chainsaw file to get the bevel like you want it, and then a one of the Rada sharpeners. I don't know if you've seen those or not, Jason, but it's just like two um, high carbon steel washers, and, yep. and it does an amazing job. And then then what I do is after I do that, I'll take a piece of really heavy uh, veg tan leather and I I kind of roll it so it's I'm just using a rounded edge to follow that curved part of the blade and strop it and yeah, those things come out just wicked, wicked sharp. Um, and I shot two deer with them this past year, and yeah, they didn't they didn't go far. So I like I, yeah, I do like them. Yeah, it was definitely an impressive looking head. I mean, there's a lot of great options out there now, which is nice because uh, you know, as you know, the the Magnus ones that we shoot, they're not made anymore. But um, it'll be a while probably before I change anything. So I think I got about 200 of those heads. I get I get an email every single week from somebody going, "Hey, will you part with five of them?" Nope, not I'm sorry, not yeah, happening. Yeah, you, you bought out you bought out all the inventory I had at Simply Traditional on those 135s when, when Thunder Valley closed it. up. Yep, I bought every one I could, and I'm not going to lie. If I shoot, if I, I could drive four hours from my house, and if I, I miss a deer, say I miss a deer in the snow or something, and I know that arrow's in that area, as soon as the snow melts, I'll drive. That, I'll spend eight hours on the road to go get that broadhead. <laughs> I, keep, I keep hoping that they're going to they're gonna either sell the rights to somebody else and the equipment, or they're going to open back up and start producing because... You know, it wasn't just the Magnus. It was the Magnus. It was Snuffers. It was Woodsman's. It was Stoss Heads. And I think there's another one that I'm forgetting that were all being made by Thunder Valley. Now, they only sold the the Magnus and the Snuffers under their name, but they were still making all of those broadheads. So, you know, it's it's. I'd love to see them come back. I, I agree completely. And I'm kind of shocked, too, because usually whenever any anything like that comes up, for new ownership in the traditional world, somebody jumps on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that was a popular head. I don't, I don't understand why, why no one's done that yet, but I don't know. Maybe well, you... well, I mean, there's other ones like it that are similar. You got the Ace Superheads, you know, you got the Zawikis, the Wiki Delta Originals, pretty close. You got some that are pretty close, and they're all great heads, but that Magnus head just fit the perfect level of hardness for sharpening and for edge retention. It was easy to work with. Um, you know, it just, I don't know why. I just, it's, it's, I just love the head. You know, it's just a fantastic head. Mm. Well, and, and, you know, the, as far as, you know, somebody else picking them up, uh, without again, I've said this before. I, I I knew the owner pretty well, and we've had a few conversations. And I won't get into the specific details just because it's not my business. But I would say that would just say there were potential complications um, between business partners that might prevent or make it difficult for somebody to to just jump in and buy it and continue on, which is probably why it's been dormant as long as it has. But I'll leave it at that. Well, um, and they got time because I have two hundred of them. As long as somewhere within the next fifty <laughs> years they start making them again, then I'm all right. Well, that, hey, you know, it's all about you, Jason. I'm with you. I'm with was, you. Right? Was this a slow burn acquisition? Did you like just buy a little here and there, or did you just straight up like 
just one day say, well, I better buy these before because I like them. And that means it's just going to be gone at some point. So I'm just going to just buy lots of these wherever I can. Well, my wife will definitely say that I'm a hoarder. Yet I'm, I'm not. But when it comes to traditional <laughs> stuff, I, I mean, I got. I, I mean, I, 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 I stockpile a little bit. You know, at any given time, I'll have you know 500 or a thousand brass inserts. You know, I, I, I like having things around. Um, so I always had. I think I had probably five dozen, four or five dozen of them. You know, that were new and still in packages. You know, um, and I had them on probably three dozen arrows that were set up and, a, and another dozen of practice ones. But once I found out Thunder Valley was done and wasn't making them anymore, that's when I went on a warpath. I called Steve over at Simply Traditional. I bought every one he had. I think I left you one pack, I think. Um, but uh, I bought, I called every single place there was. I started looking on eBay. I started looking everywhere. And I ended up with, like I said, I got about 200 heads right now. No, you bought, you bought all of my 135s. You left me... I, and I told you I wasn't selling them, the 160s. But you bought every oh, yeah. 135 I had. So. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I think I have a dozen. Thank God I don't shoot anything because <laughs> I will never, I'll never run out. Well, <laughs> if you do shoot something, just shoot them close to the house because you can always go back and get them. I'm telling you, eight-hour drive is not fun for a broadhead. No, I can go back and, and find two, actually. And you've always got a spare in your in your trophy if you ever needed it. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, right. <laughs> so so, and I know you uh, you 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 talked about this recently on on your podcast, Jason. But we you and I finally got to spend a little bit of time hunting together. Uh, I guess close to a month ago now, uh, up in yeah, Georgia, down there in Georgia. Yeah. Well, you're up there in Georgia. I'm down there in Georgia. Yeah, it was up from you, down from me. But uh, I went down there to go, you know, just one of those uh, winter blues. You know, here was a tough winter for us. We had, at the time I left to go down there, we had three feet of snow in my yard. You know, it was just brutal, miserable. And I wanted to get away and check that out. So I went down there to hunt in the mountains for pigs. You came up and met me for a day down there. And, uh, you know, hunting them in the mountains, spot and stalk pig hunting. And, and I had the time of my life. It was incredible. It was great to hunt with you. Um, and spend some time there. And I, you know, you were there for a day and then I spent another day and a half there after you were out of there. And, um, you know, I was able to get within four yards, four yards of a pig, no shots fired on that trip, but, uh, it was wet, rainy and, and for all practical purposes, kind of crappy weather. As a matter of fact, I left Michigan and the day I got down there, it was like 60 degrees or the day before I got there was 60 degrees. And while I was there was actually, it actually snowed. It actually, I have pictures of the ground and with snow on it while I was down there, go figure in Georgia, you know, but, uh, but it was a great trip. I had a lot of fun down there and, uh, just a blast. Now this isn't surprising to me. This is, uh, and this, this kind of just like, like, I feel like I have a kindred spirit now because you went down there, <laughs> you left Michigan <laughs> It the weather was bad. It was wet. The hunting wasn't great. You had the time of your life, but otherwise the experience was miserable. So yeah, that sounds, sounds like, like your trip down there when you, were, when you were hunting like, deer. <laughs> you didn't shoot anything. That sounds like going down and hunting with Steve in Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's like I think it's so. I think the common denominator here is Steve. Whatever you do, do not take Steve with you when you're hunting. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, no, he, thanks, he, guys. I really he, appreciate he that. He can come. He can come up here and hunt. That's fine. You just don't want to go down yeah. there and hunt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was a great time though. I mean, I, I, I loved it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going back down to Georgia next weekend, uh, down there further South into the swamps, but going to try and chase some pigs and some turkeys around there. I'm mainly focusing on the, the pigs, but you had to buy a turkey tag to be able to hunt them. And, uh, so I'm going to, we'll hunt turkeys in the morning for a little bit and then spend the whole day, you know, chasing pigs around. 
Yeah, and like you're that. and you're trying the swamps this time, right? Yeah, going down this, you know, I, I don't know exactly where it is, but somewhere down closer towards that Savannah corner. Mm-hmm. Never been there before. Don't know much about it. I bought myself a pair of rubber lacrosse snake boots. I bought myself uh, six gallons of uh, bug spray and a bottle of permethrin, and uh, I'm going to go down there and see what happens. And and I, we were talking about this before we started. If you've got one, carry your thermosail just so you have it. Um, you might not need it, but I would rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Uh and you will be, um, and I don't, I don't know exactly, I'd have to look at a map, but you're not going to be far uh, from where I was hunting uh, in South Carolina. It's just right across, right across the Savannah River because the property that, that we hunt down there is, is right on the Savannah River. Um, in fact, the night I missed the pigs, I was where I was actually hunting. I, could, I was looking over the Savannah River while I was hunting. So, um, yeah, there's pigs down there. There's a lot of pigs, and they actually – believe it or not, swim that Savannah River quite a bit. Uh, yeah, everything so you, I read said that they, they follow those river systems pretty hardcore. And now I know that since you were on the Savannah River, I should stay away from there due to the luck that you're bringing with all this and the bad weather and all that. So I'm going to avoid the Savannah River now. Oh, wow. I mean, you guys are brutal. <laughs> Man, poor you guys are brutal. So Nick's never getting invited again. I'll still invite you at least one more time, Jason. But He'll come at least one more time. <laughs> 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 so Jason, how many, how many, and I know the, the, the pigs were in, in 28, excuse me, 2019 when, when you and I got to hunt together, but how many different States did you hunt in 2018? Cause I know you did a lot of whitetail hunting. Uh, there was uh, four states if you count home state. I, I actually did one last trip this year than I normally do. Normally I get to do like an Alabama or something like that in, in January. Uh, my work schedule, I ended up booking more weddings than I normally do, and I wasn't going to turn down the money, so I didn't get that. Uh, but I did do I did Michigan, uh, where I live, and then I did uh, Missouri, and I did Kansas, and I did a quick three-day trip down to Indiana. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was good, but I did not get that nice uh, winter break, head down to Alabama or somewhere down south and then get out of the cold weather kind of January hunt like I normally do. And what, so how was, how, was your, uh, how was your success in each state? It was pretty good. I, uh, Michigan, I killed, um, what did I kill here? Um, I killed, I know I killed, a. Uh, I killed a doe. I killed a, uh, I killed an eight point here in Michigan. And, uh, um, did I kill another one? I'm, uh, yeah, actually. And I killed a spike. I filled my other buck tag on a spike that I thought was a doe, um, but turned out to be a little bitty baby little, you know, spike. Um, and then I killed, uh, um, in Missouri, I only killed a doe in Missouri, but Missouri this year, believe it or not, was the best trip I had ever had down there. Um, I had seen, God, I'd, I'd have to look back at my notes, but I want to say it was six PNY size bucks inside of 20 yards on me. Um, but was never able to get a shot at one due to thick cover. One of one time I got busted one time two two I had an eight point and a 10 point walk by me while I was on my second step, hanging my third stick in a tree, you know? Um, and so I couldn't do nothing. Uh, and I ended up killing a doe the last day I was there, but I had a lot of, I had so many encounters with beautiful deer right there. Just like said, the cards didn't fold the way they needed them to, to make it happen. Uh, then in Kansas, I killed a nice, uh, I think that was a nine point. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a nine point, a mainframe eight with some kickers junk on it, um, in, uh, in Kansas. And, uh, uh, and then I went to Indiana and I didn't kill anything in Indiana. Um, but I did have, I was only there for two and a half days. I did have, 
Uh, some encounters with deer every time but one time on stand. And uh, the only buck I saw was a good seven point, and he passed by me at 25 yards in the thick stuff. Uh, so I couldn't have shot him anyway. Might as well have been 10 miles away at 25 yards. But it was nice to at least know that I was almost there. I was getting the stuff in order, you know. No, I understand completely. I understand completely. So what's your, um, what's your plans for 2019 other than hogs in Georgia? Uh, well, 2019, I'm hoping it's going to be a banner year for me because we, uh, we're changing some things around. We're going to kind of do a little bit of part-time snowbirding next year. We bought a, a, a travel trailer and our intentions are, uh, for the hunting season, I'll hunt in my normal October in Michigan. And then in November, I'll head to Missouri again and then head to Kansas, uh, come back home from that. I'll hunt, uh, December, but in December, I'm going to also try and get down to Indiana again. I had a great time down there. Um, and there's some great public lands down there. I hunt all public. That's all I hunt ever. And, uh, so I'm going to go back down to Indiana cause it's close to my house. Uh, so I'll hunt that in December. And then in January, we are going to take this travel trailer and head down, uh, kind of down by your way. We're going to keep it stored in North Georgia, but we'll go down there and hunt deer in Georgia. Uh, and then we will for a week in January, then we're going to leave it in North Georgia at a storage place. We'll drive back unloaded come home for two weeks and then head back down for a week, come home for two weeks, head back down. So we'll do five or six uh, week long trips between January, February, March, and April next year. So I'll be able to hit um, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida and do a lot of deer and hog hunting, you know, so I'm, I'm excited. That'll let me take that deer season all the way into February 15th in, uh, in Alabama. And then I'll focus real hard on the hogs as well too. I'm pretty addicted to this hog hunting. It's so much fun and I love eating them. Very nice. Well, uh, despite the fact that Nick is no longer invited, um, if if <laughs> if you're down here during deer season and want to do some deer hunting, you know, let me know and I'll I'll try to get it planned out and you know we'll do some we'll do some deer hunting. I've definitely got some uh, some really good uh, public land spots. Of course, I've never shown those to Nick, and then I've got some uh, some pub, uh, private land that we could hunt as well. So um, I'm all over it. I will definitely hit you up on it. I don't want to go in Nick's stand though. His is cursed. Anything else other than a stand you put him in, I'm in good shape. I, I, I wouldn't put anybody else in Nick's stands. I mean, <laughs> I'm sitting right here, they're, they're, they're Nick's stands for a reason, Jason. We talked about this. <laughs> you got to earn your rank. Stand. You got to earn your way up to the quality stands. My, my it doesn't stands come are free. the hottest on every property, just not when I'm there. <laughs> Well, hey, how are you going to have time to do all your all your videos and podcasting with all the with all that activity you're doing there, Jason? Uh, it's yeah, I'll tell you, it's it's tough now. Even you know, it's right now this this month and last month are pretty easy because it's a little slower. These are my two weddings months that are pretty slow, so it's been pretty good to do it. I've been stockpiling a lot, um, like the stuff on YouTube right now. People, if, if they knew they, oh, sorry. Um, but if, uh, um, people actually knew it, but I mean, like right now on a YouTube, I think I have like, I'm probably three months worth of videos that you will see come out one or two a week, but I've already recorded them three months ago, you know, just that kind of stuff. So, um, so I stockpile, same with the podcast. I think I'm four or five podcasts in the bank right now. Um, so I kind of stock up whenever I can. So for me, if I get one day where it's kind of, if I get a free day, I'll do eight, 10 videos in that day. And that way I don't have to worry about, you know, rushing to do them or fighting to get something uploaded, you know? So that's kind of my whole process. So I'll just keep banking and stocking stuff ahead of time. Good Lord. I can't even watch 10 videos in a day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, this, uh, this course that I just did, uh, we, I think you guys said you want to talk about later, but that thing there, it was, uh, it was four 
10 hour days nonstop. And I'm talking till like four o'clock in the morning where my wife was waking up at three 30 in the morning, coming out and yelling, interrupting me and, you know, yelling at me like, go to bed. This is stupid. You know, I mean, just exhausting. <laughs> well, what is your, what is your process for something like that, Jason? Because like, I mean, and, and it's not just, you know, me saying this, a lot of people, you know, say, well, man, he is just a content machine. How does he, how does he do that? And like, do you script out your videos like on an outline? You see, you, you seem like, like I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty off the cuff presenter and you seem like you're kind of that way. Like you, you can, you know, it doesn't seem scripted. You just have a lot of knowledge. You know what you're talking about and, and you just kind of go. But yeah, I don't script. I don't script anything. I did when I first started the podcast and I, I almost I can't tell you the number of accidents that were very merely avoided because I was trying to read that script while driving down the road and holding my Zoom microphone. <laughs> so, yeah, now it's all I don't I don't all I do is I write down on a piece of paper, just a little scrap piece of paper sits on my desk whenever I come up with an idea for a podcast or a video. Um, you know, I write it down. I just write down the name of it. Like uh, the one I just did with the preserving bow hunting, you know, I was talking to James, I got off the phone, preserving bow hunting. Okay. That's it. And so then when I, I wanted to do a podcast, I just sit there, you think about it for a minute and then you just hit record and you just start going. So if anybody ever, if anybody ever comes up to me and says, how do I, how do I make contact like Jason content, like Jason Samkowiak, I'm just going to say you can't. Yeah, just tell them, just wing it. <laughs> just just fire at it. Yeah, it, it does. It actually sounds better. It's more natural. It's more real. Um, and then, you know, like my wife gives me a hard time too because she, she listens to them. She likes listening to them sometimes just to hear what I'm saying and things like that. And she'll be like, you can't say that. You can't actually leave that in there. It's like, you know, I, I don't care. It is what it is. People, these people know me by now. It's been almost seven years of this. If I said something stupid, if I shot myself in the foot, or if I upset, they, they, they'll just, they don't care. I'm not, I'm not editing it. It just is what it is. Well, the thing is, for the most part, for the most part, the, the, the people that are going to, at this point, Jason, the people that are going to hate you, it, it's not going to matter what you say tomorrow. They've already made that decision. Um, yep. And you're just not going to make everybody happy. We've, we definitely found that out. And I could go into some details about some of the reviews that we got, that we, that our show had, had left over one episode. And it's like, we never told anybody they were doing anything wrong. We just said, this is the way we, you know, I, we are mainly, it was, I choose to do things and people just got, it's all about, it's all about them. You know, they, they have to get offended because you dare mention doing something differently than the way they do it or the way they've always done it or whatever. Um, but you know, that's, I think that's one thing that a lot of people also admire about you and your show is they know what they're getting. You're, you're, you're not going to sugarcoat things and, and they don't expect it. So kudos. Right. Yeah, it's same to you guys. I mean, there, it's it's the beauty of doing this is a hundred percent honesty. It has to be. If you're not, um, you, you just can't you can't talk as many hours as we do about the same things that we talk about and not be. If you're not a hundred percent honest, somebody it's going to come back and haunt you. You're going to say one thing one day, the next day you're going to say something else, and you're going to lose all credibility. And it's just not worth it. And and besides that, it's not like we're we're not doing brain surgery here. We're not celebrities. We're not. Um, you know, we're not making, uh, you know, much money. We're, we're, we're just your average everyday guy like everybody else is. Why do we have to try to, you know, there's no reason to showboat, to try and be bigger than we are, better than we are. It's just, it's not worth the trouble. It's better to just be who you are. And I find that people really do, they do appreciate that. Um, and they do definitely, 
you know, like the number one greeting I get when I see people that know me for the show, they walk up and they go, hey, I love your podcast. I don't always agree with you, but I love your podcast. That's the number one. That's my greeting I get all the time. And I get it. You don't have to agree with me all the time, you right. know, it, but it's, you know, that what I'm telling you is honest to goodness, exactly what I feel. Well, and, and like you said, no, no one's getting rich doing this. I'm, I'm just happy if I can, you know, keep the, keep the bills black. paid you for the, have it, yeah. right. Right. just have it in the black. You just yeah. don't, you want to look at the accounts and not see red if they, you know, or no parentheses, I think is what my bank account does. <laughs> yeah, right. If it's in parentheses, I'm upset. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, and, and I know, I definitely know you do. And it's just like, you know, you're, you're doing this for the right reasons and it's really just part of it's entertainment i guess but you're trying to help other people too and um you know one of the big things that we try to do is try to you know preserve some of our our history and our legacy um just by you know immortalizing some of these people you know getting them on and capturing their their thoughts for an hour hour and a half uh i will be the first to admit i do pull my punches quite a bit because i think if Nick will tell you too. If if I sat here and said everything I wanted to say, it would end up being nothing but an hour and forty five minute rant. And who wants to listen to that? Uh, and yep. I don't need feedback from that, Nick. You can just leave that lang- hanging. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I want to hear that. He, he knows me <laughs> well, and so that would be the. That, by the way, Nick, you haven't heard this, so I'll throw this out here real quick because you'll get a big kick out of this. A um, couple things I've I've said I've I, I, I've said over the last few weeks you you can't have any original idea that you make public because as soon as you do somebody's going to say oh that's a great idea and they're going to jump as as quick as they can to beat you to the punch um, so I'm getting ready to throw another one out there because I was talking about this while we were at Camp Hambush and it was I was semi serious about it but I know it's just something I don't have the I don't have the time but you know with the with the extra hosting space I've been talking playing around with the idea of, you know, doing some other little short podcast or something. And I told the guys at Camp Ambush that I decided if I decide to do that, I'm going to name the podcast, Get Off My Lawn. And all <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I love it. <laughs> and all it will be is just a 30-minute rant about whatever's irritating me that, <laughs> that particular day. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have the time to fool with that. And my blood pressure won't take it anyway, so. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, Jason, we've been rambling on here for, for a half hour or so, I guess, already. And I really did want to spend uh, a little bit of time with you talking about your your latest uh, venture. Uh, I know when, when you were down here uh, hog hunting, we actually, one of the times we we stopped by the truck for a few minutes, we were just sitting around chatting. This was an idea that you actually, uh, I don't know if you'd already made a decision to do it, but you were definitely rolling it around. And that's to start basically an, an online course, like for those that are familiar with like Udemy, um, but on, on hunting whitetails, bow hunting whitetails. And lo and behold, I was sitting in my computer uh, earlier this week and I see a, a photo pop up. You, you jumped right in it and you've done it. Um, so, you know, I guess what, what, what prompted you to actually take this path? I know you've had the DVDs and those have been, uh, well, uh, well received by the, the bow hunting community, but why the, why the online course as opposed to the, the DVDs? Um, the DVDs are great. And I did my, you know, the two DVDs I have, the scouting DVDs, they're, you know, they're, they're each a double DVD set, four hours long for each one. There, there's a lot of material in them. Um, but the downside is like I did the first one 
And then I put that out there. And then a year later, I come out with the second one. And then I put that one out there. And this year, there's, you know, I mean, there's been so much more stuff I'm accumulating, so much cooler things I'm learning and different tactics that I've been implementing. I learned so much stuff from, from all of you guys and the stuff that I listen to. But I, li- I learned a lot listening to my own self-talk, too. You know, I mean, when I, when I research stuff and I'm talking about things and how to do something, I learn a lot from that. And I take my own advice. And so you get to test it in the field, see it firsthand, and you want to bring this stuff to people's bring it to them i don't want to keep having to constantly make another dvd and then make more dvds and do this stuff and um the problem with it is is i put out it like the second dvd set when i put it out there it was in three days later and i'm like oh i wish i would have put this in there oh i need to add this oh this should have been on there and there was enough of that that i thought something's got to change so then my original intent was to do a deer seminar and start implementing that and then when michigan banned abating i thought okay this is a perfect time to do a deer seminar instead of making it about, you know, an advanced hunting class beyond those DVDs like I was originally going to do. Um, I thought maybe I'll make the seminar for people that don't, that are used to bait hunting and have no idea how to hunt deer in natural terrains um, and, and the right way to do it. So I did that seminar. I had a lot of people asking me, hey, come to Pennsylvania, come to Illinois, come to Indiana. Will you go down here to Oklahoma? They, you know, people asking me to travel everywhere for it. I don't have that luxury of doing it. So then you start looking for ways to do it. I thought more about doing another pod, or not a podcast, but a DVD of the seminar. But again, it led to the problem of not being able to add more stuff to it. Uh, so then, but um, with this e-commerce things that I've been doing for the last, you know, last eight, nine months, I've been learning a lot of things and I've been taking a lot of courses, uh, online courses. I took one to learn to sell on Amazon. I've taken them for affiliate marketing. A lot of people out there in a lot of different industries use these courses. So I thought, hey, maybe I'll make a bow hunting course because of the fact that what's beautiful is once I put it out there, I can add to it all the time. So um, I built a course. I created it. It takes about eight hours to go through it. And the core course itself it covers everything you could ever dream of or need to know about bow hunting deer. It's, it's incredible. Um, and it's in there. Uh, but even today, me and my wife went out today for two hours to go look at a spot when we were out there. You know, took the dogs for a walk to a clear cut that I, I found on a map. And I knew it had just been clear cut last year. Three quarters of a mile into the woods, I'm thinking, let's just go walk. It's, you know, we'll go out there and get some exercise and I can take a look at it. Well, while I was out there, I happened, you know, I knew from cyber scouting it when I found it, um, I knew there were two points I wanted to look at and a couple of funnels on there. Well, I got out there. Um, I did two videos on stuff that was out there and then another video on that funnel as well. I'm going to add those to that course. I specifically shot those videos so that I could teach people what I found and what it really looks like in person and how it works. And now instead of having to make a new DVD or something, I can put it in that course and make sure these guys get it. So the course is a never ending, always growing way to be able to have access to this stuff that I want to put out there. Now, on that note, I should also say, so is YouTube. Don't get me wrong. YouTube is definitely there, and I put a lot of stuff on YouTube. And the podcast, I put a lot of that stuff there, too. That's all free content that anybody can have. Some of these tips, some of these tactics, some of our secrets, some of the ways we do things, I just don't want it out there for everybody for free. There's there's some people out there that are mean. There's people out there that just don't care. They come in with an entitled adamant or attitude. You get you get some real jerks in when you're a creator. You see them on YouTube. They comment on stuff. Half of them you don't see because I actually delete them um, before anybody does. But you know, in some of the emails you get when you say things, especially with how 
um, open and straightforward I am in some of the podcasts, you get, there's some haters that run around out there. I don't want them to have this information. That's why I started doing it in a DVD format to begin with, was so that only the people that I, the, the serious diehard hunters would get it. I wouldn't give it for free um, to people that I don't think deserved it, wanted it, or should have it. Well, this course allows me to do that now as well, too, but I can update it constantly. It's amazing how many people are just so miserable with their own lives that all they can do is dump on what other people are trying to do. Um, but I, I get exactly what you're saying. And there, there, sadly, there are a lot of them out there. Um, but, you know, Jason, you just got to you gotta keep your chin up and keep moving forward because you, you're doing it for the right reasons to try to help people. That's what it's, I, I really enjoy the educational part of it. I didn't think that it would turn into that so much. Um, you know, it was a traditional bow hunting podcast. Um, and so it's always and mostly been about traditional bow hunting. But whenever I would put something out about hunting, I would get so many people emailing me or, you know, sending me information or calling me, hey, what about this and how did this work? And you help them with this stuff. And then the next thing you know, it's, it's you know, middle of October and they're sending you pictures and they're telling you the whole story and how this happened. And you're, you're just going, wow, you know, I was able to help them fix that. I was able to help them break a seven-year cycle. I was able to help them get their first deer um, and, you know, this kind of stuff. And it just had a lot of power. And I, I think I, I like it more than I do anything else. I, I enjoy uh, that response back when you can take somebody that, that, even if they know what they're doing, they may not know it on this kind of a level and it takes them to that next level. And, and you also have the people that don't know anything about it and are just trying to get into it. And you, you really help shorten their learning curve and get them doing it the right way. So it's, I, I really love the educational aspect. And it, it, and it does show, it really does. Even in, in the, in the podcast. And that, I think that's a, that's a harder medium to portray that, but I think you do it very well in, in the fact that, you know, you've got a, you've got a special way of, of presenting material, Jason, and I think, and, and look, I, we've never even talked about this, so you may tell me that I'm just completely off my, off my rocker here, but, you know, when I listen to you, especially when there's points that you want to make, um, it sounds like you almost follow that. If you hear it three times, you remember it rule <laughs> yep. because you do repeat things. And I've heard people say, well, you know, he's, he's very repetitive. I hear it. And I think he's repetitive for a reason, because while you're sitting here saying he's too repetitive, I bet you, you, you can remember and repeat what he's told you. Um, and it, it just is that once you, you know, once you hear something three times, it's a lot harder to forget it than if you hear it once and move on. Um, so, Anyway, I like I said, you may you may say nope. It's just I I get to talking and I'm repeating myself, but I, I I think it's a lot of the reason people remember the things that you do talk about. Yep, and it is a lot of it I do on purpose. And the main reason for it when I do it on purpose, you you can tell it and you can hear it, and it's because of the fact that so few people take action. Everybody lets it go in one ear and out the other. And when it's something important, I want it to sink in, so I'll bring it up a couple of times. So you do. The other times are usually because somebody cut me off while I'm on the road and I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you had to mute for the for the cursing rant and then come back. Yeah, I have definitely done that quite a few. I don't even mute. Usually I just edit it out. But you look for the big sharp spike in the, the audio you know well and i know you get a lot of phone calls because i think when you were i don't remember if you were coming down or if you were already on your way back but i i interrupted you either once or twice in that in that you know three-day trip that you came down here and you were you were recording when i called so um yeah it's it's a great idea to record because you spend so much time you know on the road 
but I know that also brings its own complexities as well. I, and that's where I would, it would drive me insane of trying to keep a, a, a conscious thought getting interrupted and then picking back up where I left off. It would be a, it would be a, it would be a disaster with me. So, uh, yep. It's hard. It's hard, especially when you got to pay attention to something or some of the topics or I have to read something. That's the hardest one is, you know, trying to read it while you're going down the road, you know, or something. So uh, usually for those, I'll pull over and, and do something wherever I can. But yeah, it's definitely an adventure. But on the flip side to that, for me, I already have that. I'm spending that six to 10 hours a week in a car anyway so it gives me something to do with my time i if i had to do it in a studio like you guys do and set all that up and all the interviews uh my show would have you i would only went to like episode four you know that would have been it and it would have been done so jason go ahead go ahead nick okay if you have uh so if you set this thing up in tiers and you had like all right so what are you you saying that your youtube stuff's kind of like you know, the base content stuff and, and the stuff that you're giving the public and the podcast is like another level or, you know, kind of on the same level. Then your video is a more advanced level, a little more, you know, you dive into a lot. I can't say a little more, probably a lot more because you dive into a lot more detail. So is this online course, is this all new content with that's even more advanced? Uh, yes, it is. It's going to be more advanced. There's a lot of great stuff on there and a lot of tips and stuff, like I said, that I just don't want to give out. You know, there's some things you want to keep for yourself. Not that you couldn't figure some of this out from some of the other things that I put out there, but um, the level of detail that's in this is much bigger. And then the level of detail that it'll go to uh, now that the snow is melting and we can get out there and I can start showing these things and these different sets are more. Give you an example. I did a tip from the tree stands. Um, I just did on my YouTube one. It was about a saddle. Okay. So here it was. And I was standing there. I was down there in Georgia. Actually, Steve, it was the day after I was down there with you, but I found a perfect example of a saddle and I did that video and I shot it. It was two minute long video. I said, look, here's the saddle. Here's why it's there. Here's the terrain feature. Here it is. There you go. That's the stuff that I put out on YouTube. In this course, I will then say, here's a saddle, and I will show you how to hunt it. And I will show you ways to hunt it where it's not just set up in the middle of it, watch the thermals, and you only get one travel going up and over that saddle. I will teach you how to turn it into multiple options, intersection-type scenarios, how to take advantage of the third line and incorporate the saddle, and all of this stuff. And I do it on through I take you right into my computer screen I, I got this app now that I can record my screen um, and all this stuff so it's actually HD video and high quality and I can actually show you all of this um, so that it all makes sense and that kind of level of detail I'm not I'm not building that video for YouTube I'm not going to take 25 minutes set all this stuff up and go do all of that work research this spot explain it in all that kind of detail and do all of this stuff um, for YouTube, when, like I said, I can do a quick, you know, two minute clip on my phone and not even edit it and throw it up there. So it is definitely different level of content, um, different level. But if people are paying for it, I think that they've earned that level of content and I want to make sure they're getting the most out of it. So, so there is differences. I will continue to keep putting a lot of great information and, you know, stuff on, on, and hunting stuff on YouTube. And I continue talking about it in a podcast. But if you want the, the absolute detail of me basically holding your hand and walking you through all these different hunting scenarios, all these different things, it is going to be in this course. My scouting DVDs taught you everything I knew about scouting. This course teaches you scouting, but it also teaches you everything about hunting deer. And it's, it's right now, I'm going to say it's, you know, it's, it's out there. It's 30 chapters long and it's uh, um, about eight hours to complete. I'm going to guess and say it's probably only about 35% of what it's going to be. 
Um, hence the price right now, too. If you go on there and you look at it, it's $74.99. It says clearly right on there that this is a early preseason price of that. I promise by the time hunting season rolls around um, and these people still, you know, and I have all that content on there, it's going to probably go up to $150 for the course. Is it a lot of money? Yes, it is. But it's also the only thing out there like it. And the amount of information on there, you're going to be talking somewhere in the neighborhood of 16 or 20 hours, I'm, I'm assuming, in anticipating of some of the best actual hunting scenarios and information that you cannot find anywhere else. It will all be in one place and on a level that nobody else has ever put out there before. So that's the, that's the beauty of this course. Again, it's not me sending DVDs every time, hoping that it's a little bit more and a little bit more. It's a never-ending, almost like a membership, but not really. But you buy the course, and then there's a whole chapter on there that says uh, new content updates. So you can go on there every week if you want that last chapter, click on it. And it, like I just put one on there today. On, in the course, there's a, under the new chapter updates chapter, um, it says right in there, 4419 updates. You click on it, it tells you I added two new early season tactic examples videos. Each of these videos are 15 minutes long where I take a specific scenario on Google Earth and I break it down. I show you what the deer are going to do, how you're going to take advantage of that, what wind you need, where you're going to be at, how you want to exit and enter it. And it's a scenario that people have all around them, whether it's public or private. So there'll be a lot of this kind of stuff that, like I said, I'm, I'm not doing that for free on YouTube. And and Jason, just just to be clear, you mentioned the seventy four ninety five as being that's your your introdu introductory price, and that's going to go up. But uh, I'm assuming that this is like uh, Udemy or or any of these other um, online course websites. I guess the best way to call it. But once they buy that, as you add content in the future, is will they just automatically have access to any future content, or is there correct? Okay, yeah, no, that's what I thought. No, it's, it's all 100% free. Once you buy the course, all of the updates, everything you get it are free. And then there's another bonus to it. This was one of the other ones that I thought would be kind of cool is the fact that um, with the DVDs, you had to watch them at your computer. Okay, well, with this, you can watch it on your desktop computer, uh, take the course there and watch all the videos there. The thing is 100% video content. Every single thing on there is pure video visually based, which is awesome, um, and all HD and high quality. Um, and you get the, uh, but you can watch it on your computer, your tablet, or your phone. So you can literally be um, this October, or September when your season opens and you could be sitting in a stand in the evening and going, God, or in the morning after it's been a quiet morning going, this doesn't work very well. I don't know what to do. And you can pull up that course and click on that early season tactics chapter and look at however many I'll have in there and see one and go, hey, you know what? I can do that one right there. Let's get down and go do that for this evening. So it's always with you. You have that information available to you 24-7, anywhere you're at. And every time it updates, you get those updates for free. And you, you, and I can't remember. I know we've we've had a couple of, and mostly on my behalf, technical difficulties tonight. So I can't remember if we've if we covered this or not. But how much time did you? So just to get the initial content, what's out there right now? How much record? How much time have you got invested in that already? I'm gonna say I'm I'm 40 hours into making it. I think there's actually I think you're about six hours of actual video that you see. You know, after I've cut and fixed and stuff like that, you you actually got a finished product of six straight hours of video. Actually, now with what I added today, it's probably pushing closer to seven or six six forty five. I'm like I said, adding a ton of stuff to it regularly and will continue to. Um, but I it took me forty hours 
um, for four straight 10 hour days um, following an outline and following all this stuff, you know, chapter category outline um, to actually create this. Um, and that doesn't even take into account what it took to to figure out how to do the course, what company to go with, the research. Are they willing to allow you to to run some hunting stuff? Again, we live in a very, you know, a socially correct um, and stuff like that where a lot of that is frowned upon and, and certain companies won't take you up on that or don't want you running a, a killing, as they put it, kind of a course. You know, there were a lot of hoops to jump through. It took me a couple of months of a lot of time each day trying to get all the ducks in a row, everything finalized, figured out like I want to, analyze my expenses, how much it's going to cost me monthly, um, you know, all these kind of things, backup plans. If something ever changed and it went down, how I'll still be able to get that content to people. Uh, a lot of stuff involved with it that took a lot longer than that, but me actually making that you know, that, that eight hours course that I have on there right now that you're seeing 40 straight hours, well, not straight, but four 10 hour days of, of recording all that content and doing it. Um, half of actually, I'd say about probably 25% of it, um, is me explaining things to you using a whiteboard. Um, some of the, the rules of deer hunting and some of the basic textbook kind of stuff that you need to understand. Um, and then that was just in the beginning, few chapters of it. And then from there it turned into uh, pure 100% visual cyber scouting and explaining this stuff with you in my computer as I walk you through all these scenarios, explaining topography, hunting hill countries, um, different funnel scenarios, how deer use the wind. Uh, everything you can think of is in here. Um, and now that that core course is built, now's where it starts to get exciting. That's the basis. Um, but what I have now that I'm starting to put more in there and all the additional stuff I can do, that's that's what I'm most excited for. Very cool. So it and and I think you you sort of said this, but just to be clear, so it sounds like this course may revisit some of the things you've done in your your DVD scouting videos, but for the most part, this is like. Um, taking it to the next level or building upon what you've kind of already laid out in those scouting videos and really gets more into the how you convert that information to actual hunting scenarios. Is that right? Correct. There is some scouting stuff in here for sure, but this is taking it... Uh, the scouting DVDs, they were, that first set I did took me over a year of having a camera in my hand every time I was in the woods. It, the, the thing is, um, now back then when I shot it, being five years ago, it's not HD. Um, a lot of it was done on my cell phone. Uh, it, you know, the quality is not up to what today's standards are, but the information, and you know, it's still an incredible DVD. Um, and, it, and it covers so much information. And then the second one came out. Took me a few months to make that one, which was supplemental stuff to that. Um, but as far as scouting, actual getting out there and scouting for deer, I still do not believe there's anything out there that can match those that eight hours of those two DVDs the, that doubled, you know, that um, scouting video one and scouting video two. I still think they're absolutely incredible. There's information in there about scouting that is not in this course, but and I may someday put it in there, but this course is designed to teach you everything about hunting deer, understanding deer, and how to, to, to kill deer, to fill that freezer and everything like there. But knowing I already had those scouting DVDs out, um, I didn't I tried to not repeat a lot of it, but there's obviously got to be some brought up. You know, sure. you got to have some overlay. Um, but I try, you know, as it stands in that core part of that course right now, um, like I said, you probably got some overlay in it. But the best part about this course, 
that I can't emphasize enough is the fact that when I go out and make another video tomorrow or these ones that I just shot today, probably by the end of the week, I will have those updated and edited and I will have those put into that course. So they're there for you. Um, and those updates will always be there. So it's a never ending you know, system of knowledge that's, again, I would never do this if I had to do it on YouTube, not on this level. And and I have before I've done, I did a video on transition line scouting, you know, where I brought people out there with me and I drug them along and I took the time to do all this stuff and show what was going on. And I think it's got, even today, it's got like 700 views <coughs> and no offense to anybody, but for 700 views, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to take an hour of my time and set up to make a video um, just to put it out there for free when not everybody's watching it. So my attitude was diehards are, and the people that are, you know, hardcore into this and they live, eat and breathe bow hunting for deer, you know, 24 seven, like I do, they will appreciate this. And for those guys, it's worth me doing this cause they'll appreciate it. So that's the course. Like I said, it's, um, uh, you know, not that, um, uh, you know, I get bitter sometimes towards, you know, some people, like I said, some of the haters and stuff like that, I guess I do. Um, but, uh, but like I said, I just don't, I, 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 uh, there's a tremendous amount of people out there that have the same attitude that we do about hunting. You guys are the exact same way. Now I know you can incorporate the fly fishing, but you know, you wake up in the morning and you go to bed at night breathing and thinking about bull hunting, you know, and, and it's what we do. And uh, there's a lot of people out there like that. Well, I think I want them in their own separate category as far as the stuff I'm putting out there. And, and I'm going to get hate for that. And there's going to be people that are going to see my video I put on it on YouTube. And they're going to hit the thumb down button like crazy because who is he to charge you for this? I'm going to get some of that. I get it. I understand it. But you know what? It's my show. I can do whatever I want with it. And I decided to make a course. And the course is straight up awesome. <laughs> Sorry. I, I find that pretty hilarious because you've already given out how much content to the bow hunting community. I mean, really? Like, right. more, you're probably going to have, like, go down in history as producing the most traditional bow hunting or bow hunting content ever. Yeah, I think there's, <laughs> I think it's 325, 330 podcasts and 200 videos. You know, there's a lot of information out there. You're definitely right. Um, but this stuff, like I said, in my, in my goal with it is to make this the stuff that I would never ever take the time to tell anybody else anyway, or to tell it in such detail and, and give such perfect examples. In this course, knowing that people are paying money for it and that they're diehard about it, I will. Um, I used the example with my buddy John the other day. Um, I told him, I said, there's a two different attitudes. If, you, if I were to get an email from somebody that I don't know um, and just found me or somebody put a comment on a YouTube video and asked me a question on how to do something, he may get four or five or eight sentences worth of it. And he's going to get that information and I will answer it for him. But if one of you two or John, I was telling him, I'm like, if you sent me an email, Hey, how do you do this? You know that I would, it would be me calling you on the phone and explaining it for a half hour, or it would be me writing a five page article. So it's in full detail and understood for you. That's the difference. You know, this course, the people that are in this, they're getting that kind of treatment. I'm going above and beyond to make sure that it's the best out there anywhere. People will follow suit on this, okay? I, I already have them. I already got a couple people that have bought the course, um, and I see the emails of who did, and I know they bought it because they, they probably don't care too much about my content. They want to see what I did, how I did it, and how this is going to happen, and they're going to mimic it. Um, and it's okay. There's going to be more of this out there, but my promise to myself is that whoever does whatever and however, they will never be able to hold a candle to what I'm putting out there. And that's my goal with it. So I, you know, it's getting 110% of my attention, um, to make sure it's better. The best stuff you could, have, if, if you bow hunt whitetails, this is the place where everything's going to be at. That's my whole goal.
Well, and and what did I say when I mentioned the Get Off My Lawn podcast? Um, yeah. <laughs> if you've got a if you've got a, a good or original idea, and it's kind of funny, Jason, because you know I, I said I I try to keep from going off on these rants, which I fail every now and then. But you know, Nick and I, Nick and I trade messages. It's probably got to be once or twice a week now, where you know I'll send him something that that shows up, and I'm going. You know why can't people come up with an original idea? Um, yep, and it, it's 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 really kind of it's flattering in some ways, but it's kind of sad in, in others. But uh, you're you're right. Somebody will somebody will try to copy it, um, and that that does lead me. And Nick Nick kind of touched on this. So you know you have produced a lot of content, and and it, to be honest, in even in the hunting realm from a podcast perspective, you've been doing this longer than anybody. Um, pretty much. I don't know of, I don't know of any hunting related show out there that's been doing a podcast longer than you. There may be, but I don't know about it, but how much do you think, I kind of know where I, where I stand on this and it's, it's really kind of irritating at times because uh, and I'm getting to a point here. I'm producing and putting the content that I put out, trying to help everybody, meaning if I can go out and be successful on a regular basis with a fancy stick with a string attached to it, then somebody that's hunting with a, 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 a compound, a gun, heaven forbid, even a crossbow, if I can do it with, with my weapon, why on earth would you not be listening and paying attention to what I'm doing if you're shooting with, or if you're hunting with a weapon that has an extended range beyond that? And it gets lost on so many. It's like if if they're not hunting with a, a a traditional bow, they kind of ignore the content like you're putting out. I know there's some, but I'm saying in in general. And I don't understand that mentality. I if it, it I look at it as why wouldn't I want to know what you're doing if you can get within 20 yards on a regular basis and I can't. I would agree with that completely. I mean, if there's, uh, and I've said it many times in the podcast and stuff like that too, that, you know, a traditional bow hunter, I get accused of being an elitist for saying it, but, you know, that's what they tell me. But a traditional bow hunter is going to have better hunting skills than anybody else. It's not by choice. It's because we have no choice, no other option. When your whole game is inside of 20 yards every single time, and that's where it has to be, you learn things about deer that most hunters that can kill them at 30, 40, 50 yards, they don't have the they don't take the time or the luxury to learn that. We are forced to. So you're absolutely right. I I, I would agree. I would think that uh, you know, I'm definitely I'm 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 not uh, um I don't know how to word it the right way. I don't want to make it sound like I'm really good at this, but at the same note, I kind of think I'm really good at this. <laughs> I guess this is the best way to put it. You know, <laughs> I enjoy it. I get to spend a tremendous amount of time in the woods, and I pay very special attention to all the little details when I'm out there. And it really has benefited me. I mean, I've been able to hunt a lot of different states, and a lot, of, and it's all public land. I've been able to kill some big deer, but not that that matters, because I'll tell you, I, I mean, I've said it a thousand times. You could have a 120-inch deer at 20 yards, and if I got a, you know, if, if I got a doe standing there at 15, she's coming home with me. You know, um, I, I don't care about the horns too much, but um, I, I just love being out there hunting, and I love eating this stuff. We're getting to a point where we don't have to buy meat at all. You know, we grow our own veggies. We eat our, you know, venison most of the year. I mean, I, I just love doing this stuff, so... Um, so when you're out there as much as I am, you learn a whole bunch of different things. And the traditional bow 
as you guys both know, forces us to learn it on a much deeper level than most people do. We are in these, we are just in such close proximity to these deer so often and have to be that we can't help but learn more. And all those failures when we don't actually succeed, which is so much more often than modern hunters, those failures teach us so much more because if we don't capitalize on those and learn from them, we just, you know, People don't, you, you don't, you don't succeed. It's not going to happen. So you're, you're forced into it whether you want to or not. There's no cheating it or shooting farther to put the animal on the ground. You have to learn this stuff. Very true. And I, uh, going back to something you said when you started that I used to, I used to get a, I won't say get offended. I used to get irritated when people would, would use that, uh, elitist, um, get out of jail free card whenever, you know, I was saying something and then I got to thinking about it and, most of the time when people were saying that, it wasn't because I was looking down upon anybody. I was just saying, for the most part, why it meant so much more to me. And then I just, and I think Nick's on the same page here. We just started wearing it like a badge of honor. If you if, if you want to call me an elitist at, with everything that I'm doing to put myself out there to try to help people, then you're just an idiot. Um, and the, the, the other side of that coin, Jason, you, you, when you're talking about getting inside that 20 yards, and this is another... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there, though. Nick and I have talked about this a little bit in side channels. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people and some of them, you know, making names for themselves that, you know, because traditional is is cool now. I feel like it's more that than it is the actual allure to try, you know, traditional bow hunting. And you you hear about and see and and constantly you know people are talking about their their thirty and heck even forty yard shots that they're that they're taking on whitetails and and bears and pigs and you know sometimes they're successful and it's like you're missing the point. I don't I don't want to be taking thirty yard shots. That's why I picked up a longbow. Um, so I I still think some of the message is getting lost in the. Uh, again, you know, the, the traditional bow hunting is like the, the, the cool thing now, like when traditional archery got cool when, when, uh, uh, the hunger games came out and that kind of thing. But, uh, you're right. Not everybody gets it, uh, is where I'm going with this. And I think the people that, that appreciate the content that you put out, they get it or they get it enough that they want to get better at it. They want to get to that point that, you know, you are. Uh, from a from a success perspective, and I would think I would say you're you're a heck of a hunter. I've 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 looked up to you. Uh, I've looked up to you ever since I've known you. I mean, you've you've been doing this a lot longer than I have as far as the the, the traditional bow hunting, and you've been successful. Um, I can remember how much of a challenge it was for me to go from being able to shoot at thirty and forty yards to inside twenty, and there were a couple of years that I I had tag soup, so. Again, my hat's off to you. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's it's uh, you know, we're we're all in it for the same reason, which is to have fun and just to enjoy it and be out in the woods and and that's what we're doing it for. And there's a lot of people that, like I said, they regardless of what level they're on, they want to get more out of it. So you know, hopefully, what you put out there, what I put out there, what all these podcasts that are coming out of the woodwork are doing, it's all a wonderful thing. They're out there trying to help educate and entertain people and. And keep them thinking hunting and bow hunting and traditional bow hunting 24-7, and that's what it's all about. I, I'm, it, it's such a great time to be in any of this kind of stuff. It, it really is. And, you know, I like you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the YouTube channel and really starting to put content is something I'm really trying to do regularly now. 
Uh, I recorded several videos while I was in South Carolina. I just took a morning off and went out and cranked out several. And uh, some of those are, are, are still yet to come. But, you know, even from a video perspective, Jason, you, you've helped me a lot there. Uh, you know, you've given me some some really good feedback. I've tried to adopt those. And, you know, in the in the last couple of weeks with, you know, getting the, the new logo for the podcast and, and kind of refreshing the the youtube channel and everything else i mean i'll be honest i even look at it you know myself and think you know it looks really good now and a lot of that is you know from advice and and just picking up the phone and calling you and getting your thoughts so you know i really appreciate that as well um i think the next the next year two years is going to be really good for a lot of the things that you're doing and and the things that you know i'm trying to do here at traditional outdoors as well yeah, and I love your YouTube videos. I, I mean, I love YouTube a lot. I enjoy the podcast, but it's been so long. I mean, almost seven years of doing a podcast that I still do them, and especially when I'm excited to. But I'll be honest, there's some weeks where it's just like I, I don't even want to do one. It's just not in the mood. But the YouTube stuff, I'm always, I, I, I don't know why, but I love the video stuff. I love watching it. I love doing it. I love seeing it. And the stuff that you guys have been putting out that you got going over there, phenomenal stuff. I love your little studio setup you got right there. And um, the quality of it is phenomenal. And the, the information in it is incredible. So I, I definitely, if, if I were you, my best recommendation would be keep doing what you're doing with the podcast because it's incredible. But that YouTube stuff, um, I think you'll find it. You really enjoy it. And it, it just, uh, it's a whole nother avenue of people that can view this stuff and learn it. And even though it's the same people, there's a lot of them that can't. With your podcast, you know, with a podcast, there's so many of our listeners that are listening while they're standing there at a factory job or they're working at a computer or they're sitting in their car at a red light, you know, and they're listening to podcasts. That's why we started it was to offer, you know, to, to, to beat the radio. And it's done fantastic. Well, the YouTube gives you an opportunity to beat the TV, too. And uh, and that's what I find a lot of people doing uh, is they're just, you know, in, in you know, that YouTube is very powerful. I love it. I, I, I love the video stuff. Um, I get to really express it and show it visually, as you know, because you're doing it now, too. Like I said, the YouTube stuff, I, I love it. I just can't rave enough about it. Well, and the, the video for me was a lot harder because of the editing. But I feel like now I've gotten the, you know, I've gotten a lot better at the editing. There's still a lot of stuff I need to I need to learn. But being able to do, you know, fade-ins and, and graphics manipulation and, even picture in picture, which the you know one that we just I just recently published had some you know some picture in picture stuff in it, which you know allows you to really zoom in on 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 details about whatever you're talking about. So yeah, I'm I'm really wanting to stick with them at the same time, and I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Is you know I'm, I'm sitting back waiting. You know, I've been in technology for a long time, and I know you know things. Everything in technology has, is cyclical. It has things have its lifespan and then the next the next thing comes along and i feel like we're we're getting close to the tipping point on podcasts and i'm just really anxious and curious to see what the next platform or the next medium is um because the the podcast is just unbelievable how many podcasts are out there right now you know, I agree. But on the same note, I think with the technology advances that we have coming, I think podcasts are going to be even more popular. you got 5G that's about to break through pretty soon, and you have Alexas and all of these things now, too, where, um, you know, again, it's your, your radio has always been here and it's not going anywhere. 
But I think that people, with how busy everyone is today, their focus and attention is going to be more driven towards knowledge when they have downtime, rather than hearing something on the radio. So you're going to have, um, you, you know, you're going to have guys that are out there barbecuing, and, and all they got to do is just literally say, "Alexa, play traditional outdoors," and, and you know, and it, playing episode number fifty-five, you know, and here it comes, and they can hear this stuff anywhere they want, everywhere they are, and and so their downtime. Rather than just mundane music and boring stuff, is is spending more time with the educational aspect. So I think that's a huge one. Yep. As long as you got to have, as long as you're doing something and your hands are busy and your eyes are busy, auditory will always be there. It just it just will be. Now we might be getting. I mean, obviously VR's coming. People have been talking about VR forever, and really, it's just a consistent platform that's really good is all we're missing at this point because um, there's so many different VR camera you know vr apparatuses and whatnot and the, the cardboard google one is still probably the one that people use the most um and i know like i work at a university and that's kind of where you know when you go to a conference that's what you hear about people talking about oh vr is the next thing you'll be able to tour a college and and take classes and everything else in vr you're not even going to have to be there well maybe at some point you're going to be giving your classes uh through VR, Jason. <laughs> yeah, you we'll never be walking know. around I... out there with you, getting lost and <laughs> in our own heads. <laughs> yep. But you're right. I mean, it is. It's always changing. Something's always coming. But I do believe that the podcast stuff. I think it'll still be around. The YouTube videos. I think. I think voice and video are the two key ones. Uh, um, articles, as far as like online Google stuff, they're still powerful as well too. But I think they're just so saturated that it's just so hard to get your information in front of somebody. Um, to beat that, the Google rankings and things like that to make it happen. You're doing it the right way, Nick, with the book. The book is great because now you don't have to follow anybody's rules or beat anybody's ranking systems or any of that kind of stuff. You write it and you know that the audience you can market it to. So that's a fantastic way about it. But um, I, I, like I said, I think the podcast and the YouTube videos, I think they're going to be powerful for a very long time. And, you know, Nick, you, you kind of made a joke there, and I was actually going to try to figure out a way to work it in, and you opened the door for it. So as far as, you know, virtual reality or getting out there and and, and scouting or, or doing that with you, Jason, that is one thing with, uh, with your new um, mobile lifestyle that you're talking about. One of the trips that you make down here, we need to set, a, we need to set aside a day and between the two of us, get out and do some of the scouting, put some of, of yours and my tactics um, to bear on some, you know, a, a, a new piece of public land that we've never set foot on. Maybe it's in North Georgia, maybe it's in the Georgia Piedmont, but, um, and and do some, I don't know, figure out a way to do some joint content or something like that. I think that'd be really cool and really interesting, and it would allow both of us to reach um, potentially, you know, new followers, new subscribers, new, new, new ears to listen to what we have to say. But I think it'd be actually a lot of fun. Yeah. And we've been talking about doing that for like, I want to say about two years, maybe three years, maybe four years. Yeah, we, I think it was when my first scouting video came out, I think we started talking about it. We did because when your first video came out, what we actually talked about doing then was, was trying to do something jointly on, on uh, YouTube Pulling up a piece of property here in Georgia and, you know, looking at it from your perspective, having never set foot on it and then doing the same thing, you know, me looking at something that you might be hunting with, hunting in, in Michigan or somewhere and seeing where the similarities and the parallels were and where we had differing opinions. And 
we just never did it. Um, but now that you're making regular trips down here, I think it could be even more uh, valuable if we're actually boots on the ground. You know, we we've obviously would both have a cameraman and a and a spokesperson at the same time. So I think it'd be a, a very well invested day. I, I really do. I think it'd be very oh, cool. I agree completely. I mean, even Joel. You know, I take Joel with me to Missouri, and he's. Not, I don't want to say he's new, but he hasn't been hunting for very long, bow hunting. And uh, so we go to places and we'll be scouting together and he'll, we'll find a spot and I'll look at it and I'll ask him, I'll say, where are you thinking about setting up at? And he, he says all the time, he's like, you're supposed to be the expert. Why are you asking me? Because I want to know. I'm learning from you, even though you might think mm-hmm. I know more than you do. What you, Everybody's opinion, attitude, the way they look at something, the way they process it, there's so much to learn from everybody. And like I said, the more, I mean, if you were to take you know, 10 people and have them scout a piece of property each on their own and come back, you'd have 10 different ways they want to hunt it. Every one of those is super valuable. You can't get enough of that information. So uh, not only would I enjoy seeing how you would scout these places and learning it from your way and you vice versa, my God, everybody, you know, it gives more opportunity for people to, to look at it from different points, uh, points of view. Cause there is no right or wrong way. There is no rules in deer hunting. There's just what has worked, hasn't worked and what you think might work, you know, but there's no right or wrong. So your method, Method versus my method may be completely different, but both very, very valuable. Right, right. Well, Jason, I can't tell you uh, enough just how much I appreciate you coming back on the show. I hope it, uh, I hope it's been fun for you, but more importantly, I hope it gets your uh, your whitetails course to to even more people because I I I have not got a chance to uh, actually buy it myself. I will be doing so very soon. Um, just because I'm kind of like you, I know there's always something else I can learn, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to run into several things in here that I've smacked my forehead and go, you idiot, why didn't you think of that? But uh, I, I, I do think it's, it's, it's a valuable course, especially for people that might be just starting out. Um, so, Jason, I know the, the course is, is not hosted on your website, but it is available from your website, uh, Traditional Bowhunting Wilderness Podcast, right? Yeah, the, the web, my website is tbwpodcast.com, and uh, from there, there's a tab on there called Hunting Courses, and you can click on it and go right there, and uh, it takes you right to the landing page of the course, and uh, you can see all the content right there, the curriculum, all the chapters, everything is laid out for you, so you can see it all, but to actually watch the videos and participate, that's where you gotta, you gotta buy it and, and be part of it, but once you do, like I said, you get continual content all the time. And for a limited time, it is half price. So, yeah, probably till closer to bow season. To, you know, till the season gets closer again. Um, I, w- I want it to be the diehards. Realistically, I'm not going to lie. I don't expect a whole ton of people to to partake in this. You know, I, I really don't. But that's okay because it's the people that do. They're the ones that I know are, are are very serious about this. They're the kind of people that I don't mind if I run into in the woods. I don't, you know, it's always a fear when you're putting out all kinds of content like this is that you're going to tell this and then the next thing you know, you're going to walk into one of your favorite hunting spots and there's going to be 10 people standing there already. Um, this is the place where, like I said, there won't be a, a huge amount of people that are going to do this, but the ones that do, I'm going to give them everything I got. Awesome. So you just heard it directly from Jason's mouth. So seriously, if you're if you're serious about bow hunting whitetails, especially if you're a traditional bow hunter and you're struggling to get, you know, close that that five to ten yard distance that you need to to make success happen, go to Jason's website. Check out check out this course. Um, 
only you can decide whether or not you want to buy it. But I will say I haven't even seen it. I would highly recommend it. But I will be subscribing uh, to the course myself probably within the next month or so. I've got a few things I need to take care of first. But uh, I can't wait to see what you got out there, Jason, and can't see what you, you've got in store. And, uh, again, with you coming making more regular trips down here, we've, we've got to figure out a way to get together more often um, and hopefully for more than two-thirds of a day like last time. Yeah, for sure. And we got to get Nick to come down there, too, on a non-rainy day. Oh, so hey, we're no, all there together. He lost his invite earlier. Didn't, weren't you listening? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, if you've come with Jason, I'm not going to turn Jason away just to get rid of you. So, Yeah, there you go. We'll jump right in the truck, and we won't even tell him you're coming. <laughs> well, guys, I really do appreciate it. I think we, uh, we've probably beat this one to submission, so we're going to wrap this thing up. But, Nick, as always, thank you for your help, brother. No problem. And, Jason, I thank, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for participating, and uh, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get you on here again real soon. Yeah, and I got to get you on my show here, too. We're going to make that happen pretty quick. We've been talking about it for a long time, and we've been busy on both ends and not putting it, you know, having it come together. But it is long overdue, and I am looking forward to it happening. Well, we were going to do it tonight, but with the technical difficulties we've had, we're going to let it slide tonight. But I'm going to hold you to it. We'll get it scheduled for next week, and we'll get it done, okay? It sounds like a plan. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, All and right. then, Nick, we got to get you up here and uh, do a little bit of hunting up here this year. With you being only, what, three hours away from me, we got to make something happen one of these days. Yeah, I'm really surprised we haven't, but, you know, time, that's all it is. So yeah. I'm sure we'll figure that out eventually. Yeah, sounds good. So, all right, I appreciate it so much again. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks, Jason. Take care, guys. Yep. Yeah.